The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. This is for you, this is for you and me, and who we see when we see each other. This is for all, this is for all the time you tried to find your sister or your brother. And you're not crazy anymore, you've been waiting at the door. And it's time to open. Hey, it is. It is time to open that door. You're listening to Waking Up in America, presented by Mary Louise Zeller, 20 times gold medal taekwondo champion in forms, an international Kayani distribution agent. And the rumor has it, she's now number one in the world. And if you ever had the uh, wonderful opportunity to meet Mary Louise, besides just being an incredible athlete, she's just one of the finest human beings I've ever known. And we're creating dynamic radio dialogues on Life Today in America. Um, In her name, in the name of the Olympics, the Olympics uh, are going in Sochi, uh, Russia. We've been commenting on that. Perhaps my co-host will have uh, something clever to say. I know Mike was saying clever things about the Olympics before we got on. But um, as an Olympic torchbearer, I think about the... I think about the the spirit and the soul of things, and in this day and age, it's kind of hard to sort it out. What I do before the radio show is I go through newspapers um, for the week to see if there's things that stood out in my mind um, that I, I would like to share with listeners and perhaps you wouldn't come across. Okay, and one of the things, I'm going to give an Olympic torch hoorah. Uh, that's the Marines hoorah, and I borrowed that from them. I'm going to give an Olympic torch hoorah to James Harrison of Australia, who has saved two million babies. Now, you go, wow, two million babies, how could that guy do that? Well, how he could do that is he actually has a rare blood type, and um, he almost died himself when he was a uh, teenager, and he made a commitment to sharing his blood, and he's given over a thousand um, a thousand donations, and they take plasma out of blood, which means that they can use more of it uh, w- with a greater number of people. And his his um, particular blood type has the um, antibodies for the rhesus disease, and he's saved. <laughs> to God, it makes me cry. Two million babies. Um, have been attributed to this man's generosity and commitment to life. So for people that think they don't have anything, um, my brother-in-law gives blood. I've given a lot of blood, too. And even if you think you're you're broken poor, reach into your soul and see what it is that you can give. When, um, when my money situation was really horrible, it didn't matter. I had the compulsion to give. 
and I looked around to see what I could do, and what I did was I started filling up my water bottles my uh, that I used, that I had, um, out of my Kangen water machine, and I carried... I carry water bottles in the car, so when I see somebody begging on a street corner or something of that nature, I give them a bottle of water. And it's like my soul is compelled to um, to help, and you don't have to have money to help, and that's what James Harrison has proved. And we'll see what happens to the Olympics. Um, Randy was giving me some shocking information before the show that just really makes me crazy, but I'm going to let her share that with you. Um, and then I'll get crazy. I'll, I'll express my craziness that goes along. It has to do with what our con- country and IRS does with um, our athletes. So um, that's Randy's to share. I'm here with you today because one more time, hmm, I get affected by the literature I, I read, and I don't know if any of you are familiar with Lynn Twist. I actually met her through my electrician like 30 years ago. Um, who happened to be her brother. And Lynn Twist is one of the most articulate, generous, well-spoken human beings I've ever come across in my life. And back in early 2003, she wrote a book called The Soul of Money. And Lynn Lynn headed the Hunger Project for um, Landmark Education. And the Hunger Project is a commitment to end uh, chronic persistent hunger by the year 2020. <laughs> we need to get going on that one. Um, Lynn's been going on it for years. She's traveled all over the world. She she went to India. She met with Mother Teresa. Honest to gosh. Uh, just wonderful stories. And as I'm reading this book, one of the things that she's saying in the book is that it doesn't matter. You know, we have a tendency to feel bad for the poor, and then we think the rich are handled. And what what um, the soul of money is about is about your soul. And your soul is that thing that calls you forward into the things that are important to you. And in my case, my soul needs to give something even if I don't have much change in my wallet. My soul needs to find a way to contribute. Lynn Twist, when she got to India and she ended up in Calcutta at uh, Mother Teresa's Sisters of Charity, when she went to meet uh, Mother Teresa, who was... um, quite something. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. But when she went to the charity, she looked down and she saw a newspaper in front of her line on the steps and she picked up the newspaper and inside of it was a little itty-bitty newborn baby that had been left on the steps wrapped in paper. And when she rang the bell and she went in, she came into a room that was filled with the nuns and 50 little babies, and she brought in the 51st one. And the commitment of the Sisters of Charity was to take um, care of children um, under the age of two years old and give them a chance. And she said that her heart just opened up, and there she was with little babies that had parts of their legs missing and all of that, and they were being cradled and rocked and cherished. And... um, that she, it was just a part of her. It was a part of what it was she had to do. So if there's a part of you that needs to give something, whether it's to a student, um, whether it's to a political conversation, Randy can't stop doing what she's doing. And in Lewis's soul, he has to work with hearts. It's just the way it is. If you try to take it away from him, um, 
part of them would disappear because it's their soul's work. And my soul's work is definitely about being on the radio because since 1987, being on the radio here, oh, my God, you know what I've gone through. It was my in my soul to carry the Olympic torch because once you grab the Olympic torch and you carry that flame, you never lose contact with that flame. It's always a part of your heart and a part of your soul. So I'm inviting our listeners to take a look into your soul. I'm also inviting you to follow me and um, our program on Twitter. And how you do that is you go to Dr. Val, and that's Dr. Dot Val Kirkgaard, K-I-R-K-G-A-A-R-D, at Val Kirkgaard 1. And... Um, Follow us, and we'll give you information, and I'm going to create one that's just for the radio show. But right now, I'd love to have you follow me on Twitter. Um, So we're talk radio for an intelligent world, and if I was to add to that today, I'd actually say hmm, a soulful, intelligent world because what's missing so many times is soul. And as I read Lynn's book, once again, you see that money isn't really the issue. What's really the issue is what's in your soul. Okay, and money is just one of the vehicles to reach your soul or to recognize your soul or to live through your soul. So Mike, our announcer, he's he's a, a guy that's been a Marine. He's on the radio. He's really well-educated. He listens to the programs all the time, and he contributes. It's in his soul to do that. This isn't just a job. You're not listening to people. We're here voluntarily, okay? Voluntarily because we have to be exactly where it is that we are. And we invite you to do that, too. So hop on over to our site at wakingupinamerica.com and check out our sponsors who make these programs possible. And remember, we have the ability, we have the right, and we have the the need to actually reach out into the world and to leave our fingerprints on, uh, on the future, because we can do that. And let's just check our fingerprints and make sure that we're proud of them. <laughs> Randy, you were talking about some stuff before the show about the um, sign in the windows in Russia um, at the restaurants and things of that nature, and maybe you'd like to make some comments on that now. Yeah, you know, the Olympics are going on in Russia right now, and so, you know, I was kind of going through the Internet just looking to see what I could find, and I I saw a a brief article by the Associated Press, one of their photographers, uh, came across a sign in a restaurant over there, and it said, and I quote, we do not serve FBI or CIA agents here. So I got a good laugh out of that. Um, Like you mentioned, how would they know? (laughs) I don't know who they are, but at least they've made their point. Maybe it's a haircut or the shoes or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you were just talking about, you know, the type of radio we do for intelligent people. And i got to say, Val, I'm so excited to be a part of this program because we talk about things all over the board. And I've had people ask me off air, what do you talk about? What's your show about? And I say everything and anything. What I love that we don't do is stuff that is meaningless in life. And I'll give an example. After the show last week... I was listening to, I was with friends, and so I didn't have uh, control over the radio, and they were flipping through the station. And one of the top stories that they were so concerned about was at the Super Bowl, which I did not watch. I I want no part of it. I 
not interested in it whatsoever. I just went out and lived life that day. But their top, top story was, is Flea going to wear a shirt? I guess he's with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And th- that was like their main topic. Oh, man, day, yes, I know. I know, I yeah. know. I on the Biggest Loser, The Biggest Loser, yeah. Randy? They mm-hmm. now, in t- just today's paper, the whole thing was, did the biggest loser, a woman who weighed 260 pounds and now weighs 108, lose too much weight? This is like the most important thing. This, and it's just the further dumbing down of, of our nation. It's like, I don't think people truly are interested if the biggest loser lost too much weight. I really don't believe anyone on the face of the earth actually cares if some guy wore a shirt or not or was going to. I really don't believe it. And when they talk about things, to me, they just make themselves look really, really stupid. So I love our topics. I love the free reign that we have, myself and Lewis. I can't wait to hear he mentioned what he was going to talk about, and I kind of chuckled <laughs> to myself. It's funny. That, well, <laughs> you know, that's where we're going. But I love it. I love hearing every single thing he's gonna he's gonna talk about. You know, today and what you just opened up with. So I just wanted to say how fun that is. Now I well, wanted to hit on. Go ahead. I was just gonna say in California, our big thing is that we're a drought. So the idiot was the. I gosh, I I don't normally call people idiots, but the idiot on the our major radio station here because we had a little bit of drizzle, so the da- drought was over, and what he was going to do is go and flush his toilet all the time now. Yeah. That's the quality of what we're listening to on the air. So, Randy, just thank you for mentioning that, because it, it once you've gotten into the where your soul leads you to, mm-hmm. it's almost hard to even tolerate the fact that they're wasting airtime. It's like, how did they even get to be such a mainstream show? It's hard to believe. We should be, like, top, top when you listen to things like that, and then you hear what we talk about, I mean, I just, it boggles my mind, boggles my mind. I think about what we're doing here, and I am excited about it. Me too. (laughs) I wanted to bring up a story that will absolutely infuriate this nation. And it was written about, it was by the uh, Americans... Uh, for tax reform. Anyone can go out and, and find it. It's our winners. Our nation, our government, is the only government that goes out across borders and taxes the people. And if our winners, if our Olympic hopefuls win a gold, silver, or bronze, they're going to be absolutely penalized when they do that. A gold medal winner is going to be taxed by the IRS as much as $25,000. A silver medalist is going to be taxed as much as 15000 and a bronze medal winner is going to be taxed as much as $10,000. So when you go out and you achieve and you become, we have the most backwards system in this country. We penalize greatness. We penalize achievement. And this is what they're doing to our medal winners. And I'm sure when they go and they're training all these years and they live in poverty, generally, to get there, they need sponsors that help pay their their expenses the entire way so they can solely focus on what it is that they're doing, their dream, their soul. They come back and the IRS is waiting with their hand out. Which is, by the way, the IRS is not even an American institution. Exactly. 
Its, its headquarters are in Bern, Switzerland. It's a global institution, and the United States allows this foreign corporation to come in and uh, collect tax money from our citizens and from our athletes, and then that tax money actually doesn't even do anything for us. It goes to the um, it goes to pay the national debt, which we didn't want and have repeatedly, 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 repeatedly said we don't want. Um, prior to the income tax, we actually were a, com- a country that was profitable. So the income tax hasn't done anything for us. It's a it's a payment on a debt that the warmongers of this country um, have managed to maneuver us into. And frankly, <laughs> frankly, we need a miracle. We need a series of miracles to get out of this mess. Any comments on that, Randy or Lewis? Well, I I'll talk about it in a few minutes about um, militia and what ultimately may end up having to happen. Um, but I'll I'll, I'll uh, give the floor to Lewis on this one. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, Randy. That's we heard dangerous. you making noise, Lewis. Um, She's being polite. <laughs> well, you know, I I want to step back for a moment. You were talking about intelligent talk radio um, or non-intelligent talk radio. Uh, this morning, I got. Um, uh, I, I get an email, uh, an e-letter from Norm Sheely. I've mentioned him before on the show, and he uh, introduced uh, a, a, um, a kind of a new program that is sponsored by uh, an organization that's called Light L I G H T, and this new program is called Thinking Out Loud. Uh, I don't know how uh, how new it is, but it's relatively recent. And Thinking Out Loud is really. Um, uh, it's a group of people that get together and they uh, choose a topic. The topic might be something like, um, oh, how much of what we call history is inaccurate because it was rewritten by historians with an agenda? Or what's common sense? Why do so few people seem to have it? <laughs> or <laughs> what are the roots of optimism? Okay, so, you know, the bottom line is, so the the goal here is not to have a strong opinion or to argue or debate, but really just to generate some ideas and new ways of thinking about these topics. Um, it's, it's more of a friendly, open discussion uh, and a mental massage with coffee, basically, <laughs> uh, is, is what's happening. And this discussion that's taking place is kind of open-ended uh, idea generation about these ideas, about these, these topics. Um, uh, the, the discussion is broadcast to libraries and to um, to individuals, groups, uh, and you can subscribe. Uh, and, and Tell them how to do it, Lewis. Well, I'm not sure. I just I just read about that this morning, and I'm just looking into it uh, as we speak. Um, Good. So let's but, do that. Let's let people know about um, other intelligent <laughs> conversations. Well, you can you can learn more about this at. Um, uh, on the website is Light Ariel L I G H T A R I E L dot com, and uh, go ahead and, and click on the Introducing to Thinking Out Loud section, and uh, you can read more about it. But it sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, going back to you, Randy. What do you have on the agenda here? Today? Yeah, it sounds like you had something uh, dangerous. Oh, 
Yeah, I was going to talk about uh, the um, what, what can be done. And, and people think that we're just absolutely stuck with this. And, and it was interesting to read, by the way, on this, um, the, the Olympics, and some of the comments, and the people, people are very awake to this. Um, and one of the commenters said, the problem is we allow the tail to wag the dog, and now that there are so many more takers in the voting booth, this, uh, then producers were stuck, the parasites win. I love, you know, some of the, the comments, because people are absolutely awake to this. They, they call the tax system, or, or what they're doing, uh, immoral and illogical. Um, punishment for performance, and, and again, punishing the winners. Um, you know, I wanted to talk about the militia because this may be the only option. And people, when they hear that word, they get scared. And they think, oh, no, you know, this is uh, revolting against whatever. It's, you know, trying to overthrow whatever. But, you know, I wanted to just kind of describe what the militia is and who's actually used them, what they've actually been called up for. And one of the framers of our U.S. Constitution was George Mason, and he said, who are the militia, they consist now of the whole people, except for a few public officers. And anyone, anyone, that means you, Lewis, that means you, Val, or Mike, can call up the militia, anyone at all. Historically, hmm. those folks have, have come from local officials, like sheriffs or mayors, um, but in the absence of those officials, the people can assemble on their own initiative and call up by anyone who offers a credible reason to assemble. So if you're aware of any situation that requires the militia to be called up, then you're actually obligated you to know, call them talking, up. Randy, you talking, Do you remember the, the book, um, The People's History? Yes. And the people thought that there was something going on that was wrong. Mm-hmm. And they would get together, and they um, a number of times they like saved people who were having their homes taken away from them and stuff like that. That would be the militia, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? Yes, it would. That's it. It's yeah, the whole people. So, yeah, if you read that book, you'll see where the people came together because something was wrong. And in one case, didn't I? It's, my memory is not too good on this, but I think there was a case where they actually told the judge that they weren't accepting what the judge had to say because it was against them, and that they actually ended up helping. The farmers, do you remember that part? Yep, I do remember it. You know, and that's that's the thing. The, the militia are the defenders of the community, and they're the enforcers of the law. And, you know, basically, as a militia, you're also expected to have the tools to, to perform the role, which would be personal weapons, particularly firearms, which is why we can never let them ban guns, which is what they're... Or forcibly... Uh, make us register them all, which in some of these states in Connecticut, the people were told they had to register, I want to say, all assault rifles is how it was labeled. And 50 people have. Your, your not, telephone is cutting in and out, kiddo. 50,000 people have done it, but over 300,000 guns are still unregistered. So people are ignoring the lawless laws, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, it, and we should never allow them to take the guns, and we should never comply with registration either, because we, the people as a whole, 
or the militia, and it's not a bad thing. Well, it's so, interesting. Actually, I, I'm sorry. I forwarded you uh, uh, actually a, an ad that was supposed to be in the Super Bowl. Did you get a chance to look at that? I did yep. look at it. Right now I'm blanking on what it was, but I did see. Yeah, you know, it had to do with actually teaching again. people how to, to handle guns. It was um, for a company that, that um, actually, with, in, in Burbank, it's the firing line. I don't remember the name of that. But they didn't want front that site. as a super... Pardon? I think it's Front Sight. That was it, Front Sight. Front Sight, yeah. I don't think it's a bad idea to know how to use a gun. No, I think it it's a great thing. It gives you a whole... A different, well, Randy packs. I don't. I'm a, yeah. I happen to be a crack shot. Uh or I used to be. I haven't I haven't done it in years. That I, I when I was watching on that that front site, Lewis, I was trying to decide whether I wanted to go to the firing line line or not, and you know, <laughs> work with a handgun for the first time in forty years. Not because I plan on using it on anybody, but just because it gives me a sense. It gave me a sense of competency, and I. Um, I actually had a was I had a little BB I had a, actually looked it up on eBay to see if I could find one. I had a little eBay. Um, I had Red Rider BB guns, which is what I used when I was a kid, and I was very good at it. And I used to practice with my BB gun every single solitary day. So, you know, it's well, definitely a choice. I don't particularly see Lewis with a gun. Am I mistaken, or is that correct? No, you're Lewis? correct. Yeah, I don't see yeah. him with a gun. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of in the middle between Lewis and Randy. It's like, yeah, I've done it, and I'm not sure if I, I don't trust myself, you know? Hmm. I could I could get all head up, and I could do something that I might wish I didn't do later. I don't know. Well, I have a question, um, and Randy, uh, yeah. there's a, um, a quote attributed to uh, Barack Obama uh, from about uh, four, years, four or five, six years ago which was we cannot continue to rely on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded. Are you familiar with that comment? I am. I quote. Um, and that's apparently uh, uh, led to some controversy over what exactly uh, President Obama was referring to. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, uh, coming from him, it frightens me to death. And the reason I say that is because is, has he done anything that's really been too friendly to the people? Uh, he uses the IRS as a as his you know tool to go after groups of patriots across the country. I you know he puts his czars in place. He does all kinds of things that are completely un-American. And you know the use of drones, the kill list. I would be frightened of his. The militia is you. It's me. Believe it or not, Val, it's you. It's it's Mike. And uh, we don't have an agenda. We don't have a mission. If Obama does something like that, I think a lot of people are going to be extremely frightened because, you know, Hitler had his voice. I don't want mm -hmm. Obama's voice, mm -hmm. if that makes no. sense. I don't either. He has so much disregard. For, for the law, his executive orders are proof of that. Mm -hmm. He has written mm -hmm. way more executive orders than any other, pre the combination of all other presidents put together. And that is, I don't care what Congress has to say about it. I don't have the time to bother to be with them. And um, what I want is the way it's going to be, and I'm the king. 
<laughs> with that, yeah. I'm going to lead into our commercials here because we got to say thank you to the people that have made Waking Up in America possible. And that would be Patricia Bragg's apple cider vinegar, yum, yum, yum. Um, it, it makes a difference in your life when you do apple cider vinegar every day. Sir Jason Winter's tea, yes. Um, strengthens the immune system. It's delicious. Every one of these things that I'm mentioning actually has a link on our website at wakingupinamerica.com. So don't worry about it if you didn't get it down here. Uh, these things are things that, that I've um, looked at over the years that I've loved over time that have proven value to me. Protandum, our announcer loves it. We, we love it. It's a blood purifier. Um, and what happens when your blood is purified? You begin to feel zippy-doo-dah. Coningcompany.com, that's a 5,000-year-old process that actually cleans the eustachian tube, which runs just from your ear down to your collarbone, and it has a huge effect on your sinuses and on your cavity residence, which means how you hear things. Uh, So I I love that, and that happens to be one of my my companies. Um, Randy Shannon has 42action.org, where uh, you get all kinds of uh, ways of looking at the law and and ways of dealing with what I consider and Randy considers to be unjust laws, and even some of them are just complicated. So not all laws are unjust; some are complicated. Randy Shannon will uh, her 42action.org will walk you through this process. Aqua Chi, which is a foot bath which detoxifies the body in amazing ways and also energizes the cells in your body so that you actually start to sparkle. I can, um, when I do 10 days in a row, I literally am almost like sparkling. Uh, good stuff. Uh, pick up El Pinto Salsa at Ralph's, and then El Pinto is, you know, Albuquerque, it's at home in Albuquerque. It's a destination restaurant. And I was talking to one of the owners, Jim, last week, and he said they're making big plans for Valentine's Day. So take your sweetie um, and your family over to El Pinto and uh, enjoy what they have there. Um, I can say from firsthand experience that the place is fabulous. The service is unbelievably good. I haven't had such um, a, a good waiter probably in about 30 years as, as the ones that we had. We've got marketing with the stars. If you want to get the word out about who you are and what it is that you're doing, talk to Ra at Marketing with the Stars. His email notifications are um, they're really good. They go to over 100,000 people, and they're people that actually like what you have to offer. So check that out. The Galactic Federation, Sheldon and Colleen, they'll give you the latest. They do a monthly um, seminar on what's happening in the galaxy, and I love it. And um, if you're into spaceships or what are the spaceships coming or are the aliens our friends, they, from what I could tell, the aliens are definitely our friends, and we'd be in a whole heck of a lot more trouble if they hadn't helped us out. We... I'm going to let um, I'm going to let Lewis talk a bit about his Kayani. In fact, I'm going to insist that he talks about Kayani bites along with the rest of what he has to contribute because Lewis puts out a weekly newsletter that really lets you know the value of Kayani and why we're so proud to have Mary Louise sponsoring it. And before the show, we were talking about how I was zipping around in in um, Albuquerque with Mike. I wasn't zipping around. Um, last June when I started in 
taking Payani, and I'm zipping more and more every day, and I'm less aware of my age and more aware of what it is that I want to do and what I'm up to, and I'm so appreciative to the different products. But Payani gets my top vote here along with the alkaline water, which is, uh, in this case, Congan. And uh, I use that on a daily basis, and you can find out more about Congan water from Brooke Peterson. It's alkaline restructured water, and when they restructure water, the molecules are actually half the size. So most human bodies are thirsty all the time, and um, these restructured water molecules get in easier, and uh, I tend to drink more water, too, I notice. So it's a win-win-win all the way around. When you do that, everything in your body moves more effectively. So do do that. Do visit our website. You're listening to Waking Up in America, and we're discussing the heart and soul of, <laughs> of what's going on in the world today. And as an Olympic torchbearer, I just want to let you know that that flame that the Olympic torchbearers carry, it's actually a 2,000-year-old flame. And here's what's even more important about it, okay? The flame, when it was originally lit in Greece 2,000 years ago, Greece was the world's first republic. And I need to remind you and to remind myself that in the United States, we were originally designed as a republic, and then we were um, kind of like shifted over sideways into being a democracy. And uh, Randy can tell you more about um, democracies, the difference between democracies and republics. But <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why the taxing of the metals even annoys me more because mm. the taxing of the metals is actually uh, erosion, a further erosion of what she was. Randy was talking about earlier when she was talking about the greatness of human beings and how these buggers have come in and now they're going to pull part of, they're going to put their poo-poo on something that has to do with the excellence in being a human being that has to do with the world's first republic and a foreign corporation comes in and says that they're going to get the money so that they can pay these families that run the world a little extra dividend here and they're going to make it off the backs of our athletes. It doesn't work for me, okay? It doesn't work for me at all. I think it was one of the mm -hmm. most annoying things I've ever laid ears on. But <laughs> since we're sending, going into the second part of the show, I want to tell you the rest of I have two defining moments in my life that have been mentioned today. One of them was being an Olympic torchbearer in 1984 and what it was like to carry an Olympic torch between Bear State Air Conditioning and True Value Hardware in Santa Fe Springs. And I picked up that torch from a little seven-year-old boy, okay? And in my leg of the journey, I then handed it to a Japanese disc jockey. And that's part of the legacy. It's a global, international legacy. Uh, that, that spans time and space, and it's about the world's first republic in a flame that doesn't get broken, okay? And what's really amazing about the Olympic flame, when they started the 84 Olympics, and I don't know how it works now, they actually zapped the flame over to New York, and then the flame was also sent via um, plane, so that if for any reason the torch went out, they, it would be relit by the original flame. And that's how it, it was done in 84. I'm not sure if that's how it's done now. So there's a lot of care given to the Republic and the flame. And that's why it's important for you to check the flame in your heart 
and, and be with that. And Mother Teresa lived a life like that, and I've got a number of Mother Teresa stories. We don't have time for it today, but my own personal story is that my friend Larry and I were going to London. We'd ha- both seen this ad on the TV for a trip to London, and we decided we wanted to go. And when we went, were lining up to get on the plane, the little short woman in front of me that was wearing a blue and white sari, I didn't know who she was. But when I saw the stewardess's look on her face, I said to Larry, the woman lit up like Christmas, and I said to Larry, I don't know who this little woman is, I said, but I'm going to live a life where people look at me the way they looked at her. And that was in 1984, and in 1987, I put Waking Up in America on the radio. It was actually called Wake Up America, but I didn't want to be insulting because over the years, we are waking up. And as Randy was mentioning, um, people are beginning to comment about things publicly, okay? Even at the Olympics, Randy, I don't know if you saw it, but there was actually a space in which somebody made some comment about the government. So, you know... I don't know what's in your heart, but it's, we're about to find out what's in Lewis's heart. <laughs> what's in what's my your heart? defining moment, Lewis? Well, um, I don't know if this is my defining moment, but I thought this was interesting. Um, you may have uh, heard on the news, news reports, um, some new interesting information on uh, the relationship between depression and coronary heart disease. Um, and really, we've known for a long time that that people who are depressed seem to have more um, heart attacks and uh, have more cardiovascular death. But it's been hard to demonstrate uh, an association for a number of reasons. And just recently, in fact, um, this week, uh, published online, was an analysis of, um, of a long-term, uh, uh, what we call a cohort study in, in the U.K. And basically what this is is that a bunch of people sign up to have various factors monitored, kind of like the Framingham study, if you're familiar with that. I'm not, uh, in actually. In the United States. Well, the Framingham study is a, is a large-scale trial. That's, it's, it's basically an observational trial that's taken place over decades, looking at um, average folks and seeing what happens to them and looking at risk factors and trying to cull out um, pieces of information uh, that may point to a higher risk or a lower risk of stroke, heart disease, things like that. So a similar study taking place in Great Britain, they did a very careful analysis. It's very impressive. And what it shows is that if you have, uh, this, by the way, it took place over three decades, if you uh, have um, several, um, at intervals, if you, if you test positive for depression, um, using uh, a kind of uh, a questionnaire measure that's often used to assess the, you know, uh, mental health, um, that there's clearly what we call a dose-response relationship between uh, depression um, and the likelihood of having a fatal or a non-fatal heart event like a heart attack or dying of congestive heart failure or a fatal cardiac arrest. And then um, there's another little interesting study that actually came from Indiana that was also just um, published uh, this year uh, already that demonstrated that um, the collaborative approach to the treatment of depression, meaning not just what takes place in the primary care office where you might be put on a a low dose or medium dose of an antidepressant, um, 
but where you receive an antidepressant medication along with psychotherapy that in a group of people who had no prior heart disease diagnosis, 60 and older, that the likelihood of having um, a cardiac event was reduced by 50% if you had this collaborative approach. So that's the you know first... You, you you're leaving out, I think, something... I think you're leaving out Kayani because I, I, I hadn't thought of it until you were talking, Louis. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that disappeared for me when I started taking Kayani was depression. So is depression chemical? Well, I haven't gotten there yet. But the, what I wanted to point out was that... Um, is that is that we know that from from uh, pretty extensive uh, uh, studies. There are numerous small studies, and one large study published a few years ago that a lot of depression can be effectively treated if you take enough omega three. Okay. Really? Now, yeah, yeah. Now there are several studies that show that it's it's equivalent, uh, at least to what you see with antidepressant drugs. Moreover, people who don't respond to antidepressant drugs may respond to high doses of omega-3s, particularly the EPA or eicosapentaenoic acid component. Now, uh, I was talking to a Kyani distributor a few months ago, and he said, you know, Lewis, after being on Kyani for about two months, you get a brain reboot. Uh-huh. And I said, okay, so tell me about that. And he said, no, this is a common experience, is that um, mood seems to improve. And, you know, yeah, I've, yeah, had, yeah. I've had a lot of folks tell me just that, um, in fact, long before two months are up. So there's no question that depression in many individuals ha- has a, a chemical basis. That's the concept behind the use of pharmaceuticals. But, um, in fact, uh, many instances appear to be related to dietary deficiency. So even though in our culture we have caloric excess, we eat too many calories, we eat too much sugar, we get too many you know, too many energy-producing uh, nutrients. The critical components that keep us healthy, that keep our brain healthy, that keep our heart healthy, uh, those components are actually missing. So, yeah, I, my goal here was not to um, put a plug in for Kayani, but it's not a bad idea. But that is, in fact, why I think Kayani is so useful, because it contains those components. So, you know, I tell people that heart disease results from a diet, not just from a diet that includes certain components, but it's a diet that excludes some critical uh, things like polyphenols and nitrates and things like what that. What is that the polyphenol? Well, how would I know what that was? <laughs> polyphenols are, are plant-based nutrients. They are uh, they're the things that give pigment to fruit, but they, there are thousands of them in, in the fruits that are available, and they have, uh, oh, I don't know, a myriad of effects uh, to promote healthy expression of uh, healthy DNA um, and maybe suppression of unhealthy DNA, things like oncogenes, genes that may contribute to cancer. They have anti-inflammatory effects. They have um, antioxidant effects. They're the things in fruit that the nutritional scientists have overlooked when they've tried to demonstrate that, you know, uh, alpha-tocopherol or the common form of vitamin E does or doesn't impact health, um, really they've, they've overlooked the important components, and those are the polyphenols in fruits and vegetables. Um, anyway, the bottom line is this, is that um, treatment of depression uh, appears likely to be able to help reduce uh, heart events, uh, wow. and uh, if you're going to treat depression in a collaborative way with psychotherapy, and you're going to use an antidepressant compound, why not make that antidepressant compound uh, a high dose of omega-3s? 
Yeah, why not? And that's included in Kayani, too, by the way. I got a question for you, because you do such a good job of this. You're so dear and precious to me, you just have no idea that you're my ideal doctor. Ditto, <laughs> ditto. <laughs> I want to know something, okay? <clears throat> I want to know, what was your defining moment when you said, I'm going to be a doctor and I'm going to be a heart person. My, you know, I've already shared two, which would be passing, receiving and passing the Olympic flame and standing right behind Mother Teresa. I can't really tell you what the defining moment was. Um, I always loved the life sciences. I loved biology. Um, and I had this inherent desire to do something good uh, that would help people. And I thought, what a, you know... The only way that immediately was immediately apparent to me at the time, um, as a youngster, was to do this in the medical profession. Um, and in terms of cardiology, uh, when I was a medical student, when I was on the cardiology service, one of the things that we did, of course, was to interpret or learn to interpret electrocardiograms. And one of the most difficult things for medical students to do is to look at the you know, wide variety of heart rhythm disorders and make a diagnosis based on the EKG. Mm -hmm. And there was something about that for me. When I looked at an EKG and a heart rhythm problem, a heart rhythm disorder, it was immediately apparent to me what it was. I never there it is, right there. Yeah, and so it was like, oh, uh, well, no, that's what that is. Um, yeah. And so it was, so, it, was, it was as if I had been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And so when I trained in cardiology, I actually trained in what was a relatively new field called electrophysiology, which was specifically focused on the treatment of heart rhythm disorders. Anyway, that's, Perfect. that's what happened. You know, see, that's what I'm talking about right there. That moment when you got it, that was a defining moment. When you it. looked at that chart and you knew what was going on and you knew it was yours to do and you literally followed your heart. And, and did what you knew how to do, and, and it met. It met all the qualifications. It's like my little water bottles, you know. They meet the qualifications of we always have something to give. If you look around, you'll find, like this man, this James Harrison, who's given blood a thousand times and saved two million babies. Everybody's got blood. If you wanted to give something and you felt you had nothing, and by the way, even if you're broke, there are actually places that you can go and sell your blood. Um, I can't think of the name of the one in the valley, but they pay you, like, they, they take your plasma, and you can actually contribute twice a week. So you're helping um, save lives, and they're, I think they're paying you, like, 30 or $40 a session for it, so you can actually pick up extra income from it. I mean, there's just, it's a, it's a win-win. Um, I know a couple of people that are doing it, and so the extra money that they've made by um, selling their blood has actually helped them financially be able to afford what's going on in their lives. And then the realization that there are people that are alive because of what they have done, it's doing something for their soul. And it's like all the other stuff we talk about, feeding ourselves, we need to feed our souls as well. So make sure you're doing something and expressing, make sure you're able to express yourself like Lewis was talking about. He saw the chart and he could read it. And that, and he, and then he went because it met his criteria. Randy, what's your defining moment or moments? Ooh, define. There's so many, and I've gone down. Like I just believe life itself is an adventure, and you've got to try everything once. Lewis, it, for him, it was 
it was to that moment that going down that path, and I'm so proud of him, and he does such great things. And um, for me, I haven't grown up yet. I haven't. I don't know where I'm at with it. I don't know what I'm doing yet. <laughs> I have so many loves and passions, and you know things that I get so excited about. And okay, I want to interrupt you for a moment. Forty two action dot org. What was your defining moment where you said, "Okay, I'm doing this"? Well, something snapped. Something snapped, and it was when I raised, I'm raising four sons, two of which are out of the house already, and they were getting pulled over went from red lights, being told that they were speeding, and their mufflers were too loud when every Harley on the road is louder, and it's a stock muffler on the car, and the cops have become lawless, and they're the ones with the badges and the power, so we think, and so I decided, okay, I'm going to learn this, and... You know, but but I've done the same thing. I have a, a passion for internet marketing and uh, you know, I, helping people. And I just I get amazed by people. In fact, I want to I want to say a shout out. There's a woman in uh, I believe it's Northwest Arkansas, Janice Wolf, and she's making a difference and she's an inspiration and she's doing something I would love to do. She has a a website called Rocky Ridge Refuge, and she provides group homes for animals. I love animals. you got to go to her website and see her calendars. They are beautiful. And she helps animals with medical issues, abuse, neglect, things like that. I mean, I get inspired by all those. I I have land. I want to do the same thing. I can't do it (laughs) right now, but down the road, I would love to do that. I just have all these these loves and passions and people inspire me. Lewis inspires me. You inspire me. Mike inspires me. Um, you know, there's there's so many people in this world. We just have such greatness, and I wish our government didn't oppress it. You know, and I did want to say two things really quick. There was a couple notable times that the militia, we the people, were called up. One was by President Roosevelt. That tells you militia is a good thing. He did it in 1942. And then in Athens, Georgia, or Athens, Tennessee, in 1946, uh, a group of returning veterans discovered the sheriff The sheriff was stealing. So normally the sheriff can call them up, but here he was, he was uh, doing voter fraud. And so they got together, um, and the, the militia pulled it off. The sheriff surrendered, and the militia provided for an honest count of votes. And... Um, you know, so it's not a bad thing. It's not what the government wants you to think it is. They're good people. It's you and me. We're not bad. We just want goodness. <laughs> we want honesty in our government. I think we've made the point. <laughs> I, think, I did I want think to say one documentary okay. that everyone should watch, and it's on Netflix, and it's called End of the Road. Everyone needs to go watch it. I'm not going to say what it's about, but, you know, it's kind of what's going on in this country today. End of the Road, Netflix. Only seven bucks to join Netflix, so you can watch it there, or go rent it from somewhere. Oh, there you go. I want, but I, we're almost running out of time. Mike, are you actually um, plugged in right now? Yep. So, what's a defining moment for you and for your soul? Gee, there's a lot of things. Pick, pick the biggest, one, the one that pops to the surface first. You know what? Um... I would have to say, you know, on a daily basis, sometimes we take life and, you know, and everything that it throws at us every day. And by the end of the day, we don't have enough strength to really deal with it. But I, you know, I, I try to just, um, I've been told I'm a great encourager and uplifter. And I like to 
look at the good qualities in people and just lift people up wherever I go and touch people and people will remember that and people do and whether I'm walking on the street helping a homeless person someone here at work they lost a loved one I'm really good at that but I'm also like what exactly what Randy said you know I do photography I'm marketing my own garlic sauce and I do radio so you, you keep a busy Your life garlic sauce what's that We've never heard about your garlic sauce. Yeah, it's been in the works here for the last six months. It, it hasn't, you know, I'm just test marketing it. Awesome. Well, I want test to us. It. Test us. <laughs> well, you got to move your address to test us. Oh, I'll have to send you guys some, but you know what? What's that one big thing that God put you on this earth to do and what he wanted you to fulfill? And it's still a search, a quest, but, you know, for the time being, you just keep your irons in the fire and keep going. But if you look back on your life, what's the, um, would you say the outstanding quality is your concern for others and your generosity, perhaps? Yeah, I was always like that. In fact, people will say, God, it's weird. You, you don't seem like a Marine, a tough guy, but gee, I don't even, I mean, I fought in a war, but I don't even know what that means when people tell me that. I'm just a real big teddy bear and like to just share the light to people. And that's how come we love you so much, and that's how come I think if if there, I know there's a frequency, I believe there's a God, and if there is a God, that's how I think we all ended up together. As you can tell, um, one of the things that we share is, is that we love the possibility of who we are, and we, we're not quiet about things that we think need to be improved, and I think America is waking up. I was actually, I kind of always look a little bit, I see there's a, I used to own the name Wake Up America, and then at one point I gave it up. And so there's still people running around yelling, wake up, wake up, wake up. I think we are waking up. And uh, and that's a day-by-day process. And if you hear this or Randy gives you an idea, um, or Tippy Hedren, by the way, Randy, when you come out here, we'll go visit Tippy Hedren and her Shambhala.org where she's been taking care of wild animals for years. Outstanding. Um, Can't wait. That have been mistreated. And, um, you know, she's just such a fine human being. So there's so many good projects here. There are so many. We don't talk about our souls very often. It's almost, no, I'm not going to say that it's a forbidden topic, but it's a topic that's e- easily stepped over. How you can tell if you're doing from from your soul it's it's no matter what happens you can't stop since since 1987 um, there have been many opportunities to stop and the people that I'm about to read to you have been the reasons that I couldn't stop because of their support and their friendship so we thank our producers and sponsors Ron Hayes and his new iPhone our wonderful research editor a big thank you to our team at Voice America Justin Bernard Nathan Jet, Brad Comer Ryan Treasure Randy Jackman DeMont and our friends at Cumulus Radio Mike Vitale and Ron Simon to John Young at Totally Gospel a big thanks for all the airtime and friendship you have given us over the years a big thanks Thanks to um, John Thomas, our webmaster. Merci beaucoup to Bent Migan for our theme music, Almost Ordinary People, which is available to you as a free MP3. Kirkard Galactic Intergalactic Media, our radio partners, CodingCompany.com, Dr. James Murphy, John Denver, Dennis Weaver, Larry Hagman, Esther Williams, In Memoriam, and DrValerie.com, and Dr. is also spelled out. And also, I love you too, Eddie Albert. I wish you were here today. And a do miss for Give somebody a boost. That's what Randy's talking about. That's what Lewis is talking about. We love you, and join us again next week. Thanks for listening. Almost ordinary people 
Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday on voiceamerica.com and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com. This is for all you knew, pouring through, now your heart is... Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.